Welcome to Blue Hearts, a podcast for deep conversation. My name is Maggie Guan, and here I interview inspiring individuals, diving into topics like passion, purpose, happiness, self-improvement, and everything in between. With every form of success or accomplishment, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, and we are here to show the raw and genuine belief systems, worldviews, and perspectives that lead our guests to put their heart into their work and aim for something bigger than themselves. I hope this podcast will serve to inspire you. Welcome to the second episode of our Blue Hearts podcast. Today we have a special guest with us, Calix Huang. Calix is currently a junior in high school in the Bay Area. He's really passionate about software engineering, startups, product development, and everything related. He's the founder of LaunchTech, which is home to several companies, including Ours, a platform that allows students to boost their productivity through virtual study groups. He's also a software engineer intern at Hack Plus, which allows students to launch their own startups and nonprofits, and Restvo, which helps organizations build learning and mentoring communities through mobile technology. So let's jump right into the first half of our episode, where we're going to dive deeper into your activities and pursuits. And just as a recap for podcast format, we'll have a break in the middle where we discuss more practical concepts like time management, and the second half will be about broader and more abstract ideas like purpose and happiness. With that said, thank you so much, Calix, for joining me today. Yeah, of course. I'm really, really glad to be here, especially so early in the podcast. Yeah. Um, so you're building a lot as a full stack developer, and I believe I remember you saying that you only started coding in high school. So you've only been doing it for a few years that you gained so much knowledge during this time period. So I'm wondering, how much time per day did you dedicate towards learning software development? How did you personally build upon these skills? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I started, so actual software development, I only started in like December 2018. I started in computer science as a whole in like September of 2018 mm-hmm. and you know since September till like even now like I've been consistently dedicating at least at least four to eight hours a day um it's just like over time it was different things so in the first year it was just a lot of different courses and tutorials and just building a bunch of random things um and nowadays it's actually working on one specific project um and kind of expanding within there but you know, each and every single day, it's kind of like, even including weekends, I'm, I'm always kind of working on some something software related. Yeah, 48 hours, that's a lot of time per day. So do you think you loved learning it and that's what kept you going? Or did you view it more as work and a responsibility? In the, in the beginning, it was definitely because it was fun. I know that a lot of people, um, or at least in Bay Area, like they're, they're quite of quite a handful of students that get into it just because either it's like parental pressure or they know that there's good there's a good future and career and innovation in the future of like computer science in general Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't actually know that in the beginning when I started I came across computer science in general as like uh, you know kind of a hard skill that I think I could have improved myself in and so I kind of just found it fun to learn all of these new things Um, and it wasn't actually just like you know, writing code that's fun. Um, it's more about what you can what you can do within seeing like even if it was very small things, it was very it was very fascinating to be able to be able to build different things instead of like because before then I had never really like built stuff. So building stuff was really, really interesting. And I didn't actually have to build physical things. It was like virtual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love how you came across it yourself and it really shows how passionate you are that you dedicated so much time towards it. So this is kind of related, but what drove you in terms of gaining this knowledge and these skills? What motivated you to keep learning and growing even after like the first excitement wore off? I think, I don't think the excitement has really worn off Mm -hmm. um, because I think 
people get that. I, I understand the excitement you're talking about. Um, I, pe- I feel like people get that excitement when they're put into a an environment that's meant to promote and kind of, I don't want to say fluff, but like kind of make the entire situation better. So maybe putting yourself into like a coding camp or a specific pro- program. I know there's a lot of programs out there that's like, we teach kids how to code through like game development. They they give them this unrealistic environment so then they can take these beginners and be like, oh, wow, look, you built Minecraft or you built something like this. And so even though those are really, really cool, um, it's non-accurate representation of if you're doing it on your own or if you're starting from the beginning, that's not what you're going to have. So I never had that. I never joined. A, I didn't join a coding camp when I was uh, just, just starting out. I was just learning the basics like variables, operations, functions, all that kind of stuff. And I found that interesting. And so because I found that interesting, I found anything else that was cooler than that interesting as well. And so, yeah, I don't think I ever had that first excitement. So I think, I guess I was kind of lucky there. Yeah, that's great. So you keep like exposing yourself to new content and you keep like becoming motivated because of that. Okay, how much time do you spend learning and gaining knowledge versus working and let's say operating your businesses? Uh, Which do you believe is more important and how do you find a balance? Hmm, interesting yeah well yeah obviously in the beginning I wasn't doing anything business related only nowadays in the last honestly I don't like to say I'm like like a business person that sounds very professional I'm not that professional um but like in the in the last year probably uh, or a little bit less than a year since now just been a lot of um I've had to focus on things besides software to build different products and then put them out for people um and so actually like I it's it's been a while since I've actually sat down and took a course or, you know, watched a tutorial and, you know, followed along. Right. I mean, I I've done that a couple of times in the last year, but not so many because I think it's, this has opened me up. It's not like I'm not learning. It's opened me up to a different kind of learning, just like learning by doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so nowadays I kind of, you know, on a weekly basis, I have to do things that I've never done before. So I guess it, it is, I'm still learning, but just not in the way that I was before. Um, just because, you know, nowadays, I'm just, these are sometimes I'm learning things that you can't really learn through a course, you kind of just had to experience it. And so I think that's been, it's been very interesting. So uh, I don't think there's a balance. It's just whatever you're doing, especially if you're young or whenever, um, if you're doing something, you can be learning something. And so I'm still learning, just not in the way that I used to. Yeah, that's a great point to make. And I'm guessing experience is just really beneficial and valuable in general, uh, such as through your internships. So let's talk a bit about that. What was your goal or purpose in going into these internships? What did you want to learn or take out of it? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. So I got uh, I got my first internship November 2019. So I was like 14. I was about to turn 15 at the time. Um, and so I actually wanted to get the internship for like the most shallow reason ever. <laughs> I actually wanted to get it just because I had known about a guy um, or I... I could be in a hackathon. I won that hackathon. And the guy who was leading it, I found out that he had like this really successful business, like business that was making six figures a year. Um, and so, and he was like, I think he was just graduating high school at that moment. And so I was like, mm-hmm. wow, I, I'm so behind. Like, what am I doing? I've just been like going to hackathons and just building stuff and then not doing anything with it. And so I took that and I was like, you know, I, I want to do something like tangible because I haven't, I hadn't built a project up until that point. That's like, I would be like proud of showing uh, besides that hackathon project. That was a good project, but, and I hadn't really done anything in terms of experience. I was like, oh yeah, like, look, 
I, I did this or I did that. So I actually wanted to get the internship because I was kind of like fueled by, oh, I want to, I want to be not exactly doing this exact same thing as him, but I want to do something great. And I think that this would be a good start just because I, I had considered applying a couple months before, but I decided not to do it just because I was like, it's not worth it. Right. But this time I was like, oh yeah, I, I want to get it. And so I got it. Um, it took a lot of work, but I got one. And then as I continued to get more, then I actually focused on the learning part because, you know, everyone overhypes internships nowadays. You kind of lose that hype after like a month or two, just because like, okay, cool. I have this, but everyone's just going to be like, oh, good job. And then they don't care. So it was, it was like, a, I guess a good motivator at the beginning, but now nowadays and back then it was, it was a really good learning experience just for different reasons. Mm, yeah I think the best part is that you took initiative like you jump right in no matter the reason and I think wanting to do something great is I think that's good as as long as you're like continuously learning um so what do you think is the most important lesson you've learned from your time at Hack Plus and Restvo I think it's hard to pick out one yeah I mean there's like a lot of miscellaneous things uh so it's some like a lot of things that I learned are specific towards engineering because those are both engineering internships um, I did learn how, how to collaborate technically uh, on like a technical basis because it's, I think collaborating on like general tasks, like if you're working on like a, an assignment or a group project, depending on what it is, um, those are like, I guess, usually pretty simple just because you would be like, oh, I'm doing this part, I'm doing this part, let's message over like Slack or text or wherever. Um, but when you're when you're programming and you're working on different aspects of, of, a, of a product or a component, then you have to use specific platforms, you have to use specific techniques to actually communicate that because people have different coding styles, they have different ideas, they have different perspectives, and sometimes that's not always communicated. And so having that really good communication through platforms like GitHub, and then we also use Trello, and then there are some other product management tools that we use um, or is really, really important and something that I hadn't really done before because I usually always worked on projects alone. And also it's just, you can't really get the same feeling of working on a project that's scaling and has users unless you're either in an internship or you're building it yourself. And so I've gotten that feeling of, okay, well, back then when I was building projects for myself and there was like five people using it or like five people that I thought were using it, then I could push out like a bug or like some faulty stuff. And then I'll be like, oh, this is an issue. I'll just fix it at, on my own time. It's not a big deal. But when you have like, even something as small as like 50 users and they're using it, like maybe on a daily basis or a weekly basis, you can't push out bad code because then it's actually becoming an issue that people will complain about. And so taking the appropriate measures to make sure that doesn't happen is sometimes kind of tedious, but it's a really good learning experience because that's what I kind of have to do nowadays with ours. So, yeah. That's great. I'm sure you learned a lot in terms of like collaboration, as you mentioned as well. Um, so how did the work you put in at these companies help you develop the skills required specifically to build ours and the other platforms you've created? Um, how did the experience as an intern help you in both expected and unexpected ways? It's yeah, it's I, I think I learned this lesson from like multiple different experiences, including outside internships. But I think um, knowing, understanding when you need people to help you and when you don't need people to help you because with with Restvo I use a I use a def different technical stack and then with Hack Plus I use a different technical stack uh, to build their product and those are both different from what uh, I use for ours uh, though it's kind of similar to Hack Plus so on a technical basis it's not really 
I didn't really learn anything specifically for hours, but I think working with people and working with those different people, working with people who are very helpful and working with people who are not so helpful. I think it's very like after experiencing that, I think it's good to understand like, okay, well, I think I, I have this ahead of me or this is what I have planned ahead for hours. I think that I need someone for this. And I think that I might not need someone for this. And I think that's been, that's been pretty valuable for hours because it's making me very selective with who I work with which is really, really important because it can slow you down if you're working with the wrong people. Yeah, I guess it's also part of like knowing what you do best, like what you excel at and kind of delegating specific portions as well. So I'd actually love to dive into hours. I know you're working really hard on that and I love the idea. I think it's something that many people need during this time period. So what was your inspiration in starting this company? How did you come up with the startup concept? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a really interesting story. So back in... May 2020, May, May 2020, I, uh, I'm still in this organization. It's called organization called CBT. It's like an intercollegiate, it's an intercollegiate nonprofit. That's, we're just working on different visualizations and projects, collaborating with different other nonprofits and companies. And so I was in this organization and I was, I was a director. I'm still a director, uh, but uh, I was a director back then. And so in the, in the Slack that we have, I was invited by one of my other fellow directors to a channel called CVT Hours. And I, I joined and someone was like, does anyone want to do hours? Like right when I joined. And I was like, what is hours? So I checked the, I checked the channel description and they linked a WordPress article. And it was basically an article describing the productivity technique called hours. So that's where it gets its name. It's actually a productivity technique. Oh, cool. And it's really simple and I'm pretty sure people have done it before, but I had never done it before. So I thought it was completely new. It's basically you meet someone in a video call or a chat room and you basically say, oh, I'm going to do these three things in the next hour. And then the next, the other person's like, oh yeah, I'm going to do these four things in the next hour. And then you stay in the room wherever you are, but you, you mute yourself or something, you do your stuff. And then in an hour you come back and you're like, oh yeah, I did these things, but I didn't do this. And the other person's like, oh, I did all my stuff. And so just like reflecting on what happened and you can do it again. And so I was reading and I was like, it's kind of simple. So I, I didn't think that it had much, much benefit or I didn't think it was going to work at all. Uh, but I tried it. And after that, I realized like that was actually really, really helpful because I, mm -hmm. I had never done those. So apparently people do co-working calls, which I had never done in my life. And so I did that like three to four times a day for like a solid week. And at the end of that week, I kind of had like this, this spontaneous thought. I was like, oh, what if I built this into like a website or like into a project? Because this is not like a very popular technique, but I think it's very, very helpful. And so I think it could help with the publicity. So I actually tried it. Uh, I actually tried that day and the next day, but I actually, I, I failed uh, because I wasn't really as experienced as I am uh, nowadays. Uh, or at least earlier. And so I, I failed and I forgot about that project. And then fast forward to like October, October of that year, I was bored. I was already working on uh, a different startup. It was an ed tech startup, but I had some work to do for that night, but I didn't really want to do it. I was kind of tired of working on the same stuff. And so I have this list of project ideas that I keep. And so whenever I have like a crazy idea, I'll write it down. And so maybe I'll come back to it with a different perspective later on. And I came across the hours idea again. Uh, and then I was like, this was like six months later. And I had done a lot of things in those six months. And so I was like, you know, I think maybe I'll, I'll give this another try. I gave it a try and I actually finished the MVP um, like 
the minimal working project or minimal working product in like six hours, five or six oh, hours. So okay. I, I finished, I worked on it from like nine to two, uh, 2 a.m. And so the next day, uh, I think the first person I always show my projects to is my mom uh, or like any family or friends, but this was my mom. And so I, <laughs> I brought it to her and I was like, oh, what do you think? Like, let's do a session. And so basically the, the way the minimal working product work is just, you have the session. So it worked kind of like exactly the way it does now, but you had the session and all you had was the tasks and every single task you added and checked off, it would be visible to everyone. And then you had the chat very bad, but it worked. And then like a list of everyone who was in the session. And it was really, really bad because the task, like you couldn't even modify anything or delete anything. You could only add and check it off. Um, and it looked like really, really bad. It was like blue for some reason. Uh, it was blue. And so uh, I tried it out with her and she was like, oh yeah, this is cool. We did it for like an hour. Uh, and she was like, oh yeah, this is cool. And I kind of took that as like, I don't think she likes it because she had said that about other projects I had built. And she was like, she'd say, oh yeah, this is cool. And then never use it again. And so um, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, well, I'll just work on this for a couple more days and then I'll, I'll throw it away because I need to get focused back on one academy. Um, that was that was the thing I was working on at the time. But the, the turning point was I worked on it for that day and the next day she asked me again. She was like, oh, do you want to do an hour session? Um, oh. And so I was like, oh, really? Okay. So <laughs> we did it. And then for the next solid week, I was working on hours. I was making it better. I was adding different features and then actually making it look like not trash all during that week we were doing like our sessions like throughout the entire day and so that's kind of was like my first thought where I was like this could be an interesting idea because for context uh one academy was something that I worked on previously with a co-founder um it's basically like Udemy but all of the content was crowdsourced from YouTube and so I had worked on that for like three months and it was fully designed fully built everything was working and I showed it to my mom and even she did the whole oh yeah it's cool. And then never use it again. And so that was, that was context. I, was like, I worked on this for three months, but I only worked on this for like six hours. So there must be something different in the idea. And so I, I, yeah, I did the same thing I shared with my friends and they also liked it and they also wanted to use it more. And so that was kind of how I came up with the idea. It was like, not like to, in a sense, it's not even my idea because I took it from, I took inspiration from this actual technique and I also took their name. Um, and so, yeah, I, I made sure to credit them <laughs> on the website. Yeah, no, the idea and the service, I think it's great. Like, I feel like a lot of people actually need this accountability system nowadays. I feel like it's harder to be productive during quarantine. Like, it's harder to maintain that motivation. So just having someone else to kind of, like, work by your side virtually, I think that's really helpful. And I think it can impact a lot of people. So let's say a few years down the line, what is your vision for ours? Can you describe in detail what you're aiming for? I, I actually don't think I can. It's honestly... um. I've only been working on hours for coming up on four months, probably. Yes. Um, and, or coming up on five months. I'm not sure. Honestly, I, on, on, even on like a weekly basis, things have just been like, they just fluctuate so hot, so much, like some weeks, actually days, they fluctuate on the days. Like some days will be like, wow, this is, wow. I love this. Like this is the best decision ever. It's like, this is the best idea ever. And then the next day or even same day, it'd be like, ah, this is, I don't know if this is going to work out. And so it's like, especially since it's so early, I have, I have actually no idea. Um, I would love to, we are planning to pivot in terms of a market, not pivoting away from students, but including a different market uh, sometime around May. Uh, but 
I would hope to kind of just grow grow hours into this productivity tool that's very well known that people can draw a lot of value from. And mostly, I think I find the most happiness in seeing people actually draw value from something like this instead mm-hmm. of like, you know, revenue and all that kind of stuff. That's why it hasn't been monetized just yet. I just really want to put it out there and making sure that I'm getting enough feedback to make it make it as good of a product as it is now. So hopefully in the year down the line, it'll be just like this really great product that a lot of people like to use. Um, not really thinking too much about monetization or anything like that, but obviously that's going to happen sometime down the line. Yeah, I like how you're um, pivoting, like you're open to change with your target market and everything. Um, And yeah, in the end, the daily system is most important, like how much time you're putting into it, the work. So how much work do you estimate you put in per day for hours? Can you take us through kind of your daily schedule in building the platforms, team meetings, all of that? Yeah, actually, I like this question. Um, I don't think I've <laughs> described it yet. Uh, so I now all of my day is really just dedicated to hours. It's really just, okay, I have hours and then I have like school on the side. <laughs> That's really what it is nowadays. Um, so I work on it maybe six to 10 hours a day, anywhere from there. Um, I try to take at least like one, one weekend day off, uh, but usually I also that goes the same for the weekends um so i usually i usually so what i actually do is i split up my work into like three segments of the day i have and sometimes i extend it to four segments but basically i work on the first segments in the morning and then the second segment in at uh, around noon or maybe a bit before a bit after and then i have the third segment i work on it at night um in the first segment i usually do a bunch of like you know i have to respond to emails um iris we have this widget set up on our site that's open to all feedback and we ask users for feedback on a um on a pre-scheduled time and any feedback that comes in i always respond to everything personally so if someone has like request a feature i'll respond to them personally and so i think that's been really great for making users feel like they're they're a part of this kind of like community or family or whatever. Um, and so I respond to all of that. Uh, I also have a live chat set up on the site. So I respond to all my users there. And then I also respond to any emails that I got from users over, uh, while I was sleeping. And uh, in the mornings is also when I get in a lot of my development. So if there's a feature or there's a bug to fix, um, I'll do all of those. And then obviously I have to check up on, we have a lot of analytic metrics set up around the site and so i have to check those make sure those are healthy there's something wrong i have to i have to uh audit that and then in the second segment that's usually when i do a lot of like non-technical work so whether that's um checking up on our marketing campaigns um or writing out different proposals or emails or taking meetings and then in the in in third segment uh i usually just set up a lot of metrics for the the next day. Um, I also have to check more analytics that are only valid during the nighttime. And then just like kind of like a bunch of miscellaneous things. If I'm applying for an incubator, then I'll finish up the application there. And there's like a lot of, it, it honestly changes a lot, but usually those are the three segments and I work on it on different parts of the day.
All right, so now we're actually going to take a quick break from the deep questions, and I'm going to ask three more practical questions related to time management and self-improvement. So, Calix, how do you manage your time? Is there a particular planning calendar and or organizational system that works best for you? Yeah, I, I think I usually just use two two tools. I mainly use. I mean, obviously, I'm like obligated to use hours, so I do use hours daily. Um, I. But the other two I'm talking about is I use Google Calendar and then I also use Notion. Uh, so I mean I'm like even though I'm building a productivity tool, I am by no means a productivity guru. <laughs> um, like I I don't use like a bunch of different tools. Uh, a friend that I talk with, um, people probably know him more than me. Uh, a guy named Matthew Espinoza. He's really great. He's the founder of a company called Brain Companion. But uh, yeah, he's he's way like smarter than me in terms of like productivity, and he talks about learning, relearning how to learn, and that kind of stuff. And so I'm, I, I'm not like that. But I do use Notion. He uses Notion a lot more than me as well. Uh, but I use Notion. Uh, I use them for the for hours for the Kanban uh, wikis, uh, keeping track of notes, uh, questions, things to keep in mind for later, um, and then Google Calendar just like in general to remember about events uh, and things like that. And so it's it's really simple setup, but uh, it, it works well enough for me. And I use Slack a lot. Um, I use Slack a lot. And then I also use Discord mainly for, for hours. But yeah, I'm in, I'm in a lot of Slack ser- servers. Like I'm in 50, 60, something like that. Oh, yeah, that's uh, a lot. Some are for work, some are for communities. Yeah. How do you deal with burnout or lack of motivation? Do you think motivation is necessary to work hard or do you rely more on pure discipline? Ah, yeah, burnout. Yeah, I mean, I would take what I say with a grain of salt, but personally, I think burnout is inevitable because burnout basically comes when you spend a lot of your time and energy into some one thing or like many things. It could be many things, but like just spending a lot of your time and effort. And that doesn't actually have to be from like an unhealthy factor. Like, a lot of my time and effort is put in through just like passion and what I want to do, but it doesn't matter where it's driven from. If you're putting a lot of time and effort into stuff, you're going to get burned out. And so I think the question that everyone asks, like, how do you prevent burnout? I mean, other people ask as well, but like, I think like you can't really prevent it, I guess. Um, if anything, I would say burnout is like sometimes a, a, like a good sign that you're putting in a lot of time, and a lot of effort. And I think that's good. Uh, but more about how to deal with it, I think that is the most important question to deal to to understand. And for me, I think it's it's it has to be about taking breaks and doing. Now, I wouldn't say doing things in moderation because if you're doing it in moderation, you wouldn't get burned out in the first place. But taking breaks and making sure that you're resting. So I don't do this consistently, but maybe once every couple of weeks or every two weeks, um, I'll try and take a day where I don't work on hours at all. Usually that's a sun. That's usually that's like a Sunday. Um, or, uh, and I also make sure to exercise, um, like almost daily. Uh, cause I think, I think that's really, really important. Uh, I encourage people to get into a sport, uh, sports are great for exercise, but then also depending if you're doing them competitively, I used to play tennis competitively. Um, it helps with the mental aspect and also it's just like, because if you're like running, like there's nothing against running or something like that like your mind is still free to like think about work. Um, if you're playing a sport, like usually your mind is occupied and I think it's a great way to take your mind off of it. So that's what I would say. It's just like, you have to make sure that you're 
you're resting. But in terms of like the discipline and the motivation aspect, I think everyone has the motivations from different places. You obviously need a mix of intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Um, but discipline is, I think discipline is what is really, I think intrinsic and extrinsic motivation is what gets a lot of the work done, but discipline is what keeps you on that track. Um, because if you don't have discipline, you're not really going to stick with it if it's getting tough because everyone can, everyone can work when it's easy, but not everyone else can work when it's like kind of tough. So this, I think they're both very important. You just need it at different times. Yeah, I agree. I think they're interconnected as well. So how are you working on self-improvement? Are there specific skills or hobbies that you're investing your time into? Honestly, I should spend more time. (laughs) Uh, Most of my day is normally just work. Uh, As of like two days ago, actually. So (laughs) very recent, I started reading again. I don't really read that much. um, And I get... I don't get called out for it, but I get teased for it by uh, people I'm close with. Uh, but I started reading uh, again, rereading the same book that I've read a million times, but I think it's a good book. It's called Grit by Angela Duckworth. And uh, just kind of like, especially if it's nice outside nowadays, it's just cloudy. But when it's nice outside, I'll just go outside and I'll read a chapter or two. And so I think like, I think hours itself has been really great for self-improvement just because it's really hard. And so it's given me a lot of practice and discipline um, more than I already have. But in terms of like specifically for self-improvement, just exercise and reading probably. All right, so welcome to the second half of our episode where we're going to dive a bit deeper into more abstract and philosophical topics like purpose and happiness. Uh, So, Alex, what do you love doing most in this world or what is your greatest passion and why? I know we already touched a bit upon this, but if you could elaborate. Yeah, I think for me, um, I find a lot of happiness in, it, it sounds really similar, just like building things that people use. Um, I think there's something special, at least to me, I think that's what's driven a lot of my motivation um, is just being able to take something like an idea and having already had the skill set to actually turn it into something tangible and then be able to distribute it like so easily. Because if you're building physical products, it's distribution is really hard, but if it's digital and it's software, then, you know, distribution is so easy. And so like it's it almost seems kind of perfect where if you just have this skill set you can literally take any idea and you can turn it into something um tangible and i think it's not just the process of taking in the idea and then building it but it's seeing people and having their good reactions and you know people telling you like oh yeah look i loved what you built and what i built literally just came from nothing because it literally just started as an idea so i think there's something really special about that it doesn't need to be hundreds of people it could literally just be like one person saying this is great i really like this um and actually seeing them use it is really really awesome yeah i completely agree i think just as you said creating something out of nothing that's honestly an amazing concept and especially the idea that you can impact people with it like people are actually like touched by by what you created yourself i think that's that's incredible so are you more okay this is kind of off topic but are you more of an introvert or extrovert and why 
really don't know. So I know before I was definitely like, I think I've always had the wrong idea of like introvert because it's all about like the energy level changes and not necessarily if you want to talk to people or not, I think. Um, but I know before I was like really, really shy. Like, I mean, before in terms of like before lockdown um, or like, no, no, since when I was young up until like eighth grade, I was like really, really shy. And then in ninth grade, until lockdown I like joined clubs and I forced myself into public speaking and I like I, I did like the dumbest exercises to help me like learn how to talk to people I what I did was I when I would be out or I would be like in random places I would just choose a random person and I try and like, talk hold a conversation with them so like one time I like talked with like random people at a BART station um and they were like adults and so it was like it was really really <laughs> really tough uh but like it helped me get better at like holding conversations and I think like that's only gotten better uh, over quarantine just with like different networking calls and things like that um and so I wouldn't I don't actually know um I honestly feel like maybe like I enjoy interacting with people um but being out with people also still like takes a lot of energy so I'm not actually sure I I um I think I've been told I'm like a mix of both so maybe yeah I think me too and no that is not a dumb method of like gaining more experience at all I think that's a really great method like I think okay I went to a networking event before and it was kind of the same like you just kind of have to approach adults and just kind of share something about yourself and listen to them and kind of connect and yeah I guess it's kind of tough at first but like you can learn so much from other people and I think over time, you'll realize that literally no one's opinions of you matter at all. So uh, what do you admire most about yourself? What do you admire most about others? Uh, about myself? Um, I'm not sure. I think maybe maybe work ethic or discipline. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, I, I think like I, I say this a lot. People disagree with me, but um, I'm not like the smartest person ever. Um, but I think, uh, and people are like, oh yeah, what are you talking about? Like, look, you, you've only been in this space for like two years or two and a half years. Um, but I think a lot of that kind of speed into learning all of these concepts was just due to the amount of time I was putting in. I think like people can be, uh, I, because I actually still don't know. So I'm like approaching this with caution, (laughs) but like, I think people can be like, they can like fluff up how much time they're actually spending they're like oh i've been in i've been learning how to code for like eight years but if you look at their skill level or what they're doing at the moment it's not necessarily like there's there's no standard but like it's it's not like up to par right and so be like oh yeah well i was doing it for eight years but like that could mean two hours per week um and so i think i well before i had actually been in computer science I played a lot of competitive sports so I was in competitive swimming uh from when I was like six to nine or ten actually more like five to ten and then I was in competitive tennis like since ten to like now but I don't really pay play super competitively and like competitive in terms of like I would um for tennis I was playing like borderline national level and then for swimming I was playing like on the regional state level uh and so those both like especially since I was doing it from like a really young age it was like really hard at a young age um but like it teaches a lot with like discipline like you have to practice every single day um you have to 
and I think Ellen mentioned this in her episode, but it's like a lot about the mental mental aspect, yeah. Yeah. Um, especially like in, in tennis, like in competitive tennis, like you get a lot of people who cheat or like try and hook you because there's a lot of loopholes in the rules unless you're playing like the highest level. And so like dealing with that in, in the competitive atmosphere is really tough. And so that gave me like a good flat platform for like dealing with pressure I mean I guess I, I'm still working on that um but like having that discipline to like okay well okay it's another day I gotta practice again um or like work again and so um I would say that uh but I think that that was kind of like lucky from how I was back when I was younger yeah discipline is a great trait to have just like not only applies to sports it applies to everything in life in general like whatever you need to pursue as long as you have discipline as long as you have the work ethic as you said then you can you can do big things so how would you define success and happiness uh like in general for me specifically um like what would your personal definition be so kind of both i think i mean this is not like directly answering the question i think like in the last couple of weeks specifically I've gained like a new found I guess definition for like happiness I guess like not definition for happiness but like what I find as like what is most meaningful I guess because like like I had been sucked up in hours work a lot and especially in the last couple of weeks it's been really tough because like the amount of the amount of traction we had gotten like went exponential but with that came with like a lot of stress because I'd be able to handle all of that traffic with like on the technical side and it was like it was like really really rough and it was really stressful and it's actually still still going on like on on a lower scale though because it's been like a lot of work has been put in to make it um make everything more efficient and a lot better and i think i had you know i i think over the last couple of weeks i had kind of realized like okay well what i work on is very very important obviously because if it wasn't important i wouldn't put so much time into it um, but like, I think this, the things that we already have, and, um, or at least the things that I'm lucky to have are honestly more important in the long run, um, like family and significant others and those kinds of things. I think that those are, um, those have been very, very important, uh, that I don't want to overlook. So like, not necessarily, okay, I'm going to pull back from what I'm currently working on and then shifting onto these other things. Um, but I guess I would say not letting our specifically or like work in general kind of ruin my mental state, emotional state, all that kind of stuff, because especially with startups, it's very, very tough on an emotional side because, uh, any, like, I would say a lot of startup founders or tech startup founders, they can tell you that your mood will go up and down in not even the course of weeks or days, like literally in the same day. You can be happy in the morning and then sad in the afternoon and then happy at night and then sad before you go to sleep. Yeah. Um, and so it's like really draining if you put like all of your, I guess, I, I guess if you like lean on it, then you're going to have to go along for the ride. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have like a newfound respect for uh, focusing on things that aren't, aren't really related to ours, especially since like, sometimes I forget that I'm still a child. <laughs> kind of uh and so make sure that I don't grow up too fast I guess yeah that's a great point and I like how you brought up how in the end it's kind of the small things that matter a lot like family your relationships all of that because although 
like success in terms of like pursuing your dreams and like doing big things with what you're passionate about although that's amazing that's great um in the end what really brings us happiness is also like our relationships you know like the uh like 75 year harvard study about how like relationships are what determine the most happiness in the end so i think that's really interesting i think success is incredible it's like inspiring you can impact so many people and that's super important but in the end it's also important to just um be nice to those around you and be happy with yeah. the people you have I think for me, I think like happiness is obviously what makes you happy, but I think success doesn't necessarily make you happy. I think success makes you fulfilled and then fulfillment has like a play into how happy you are. Right. Um, But it's like, it's, I don't think it's the same thing. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't want to be like, I definitely want to do a lot of things um, with what uh, I've been, I've been given. Um, but I don't want to be like one of those people that's like, oh yeah, look, he's so, he's so like rich and successful, but like, he's just depressed. Right. I don't, I don't really want to be like that. Um, and yeah, so I think that's something I have in mind as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, and what is your purpose in life or what do you think your purpose would be centered around? I think like, well, I mean, I have like two parts to this. Uh, me and my family were were grown up Christians, so obviously I think we have those we have those Christian values that um, our purpose is you know dedicated to to Jesus and God and all that kind of stuff and you know serving serving His kingdom. But I think the second part is I really want to I I think like I I find the um, there's just the startups in general. I find that very very interesting and. I think it's something that I really want to pursue, but obviously anything at this you know stage, just like being very young, it's like up for discussion. Um, but I think no matter what, I still want to look to do a lot of great things. And obviously I want to impact people while doing that. But I think for me, I really want to, at some point like later in my career, just be able to impact people but like on a very small scale and a very personal scale i really want to mentor people and kind of help like maybe i won't be able to help like a lot of people but be able to help select people and be able to mentor them not just like on a like oh yeah career scale but like on like a life scale like having more experience than them giving them advice on what they should do in certain situations i think that that's something that i really want to do um because like it's i think quantity in terms of impacting people is great um and i want to do that at some point but i think what i find most valuable is being able to mentor people on like a small scale and i'm lucky to have mentors that i don't have a mentor yet that helps me on like a life scale like oh yeah i have this going on what should i do um but i have mentors for technical technical support i have mentors for business support i have mentors for like a lot of different things and i have different advisors as well for hours and so i think like knowing the impact that that has like being able to because I've run into things that I would have never been able to like get past at least not as fast without my mentors and so I I think knowing that that's something that I really want to do in the future yeah I like your point about uh, mentoring people on a close level I think that's really sweet just impacting people like one life at a time um so would that be part of like a dream career you would want to pursue like what is your biggest dream in life um <laughs> I'm not actually sure like I I honestly don't even know what I'm gonna do after high school so like let alone my entire life um 
but I think that I know that I wouldn't really, I mean, it, it sounds kind of contradictory because <laughs> I have like two internships, but I don't really enjoy working for people, not on, not because like I don't like them or um, like it's just ordinary, like I have nothing against ordinary people um, or being just like I found out like I have nothing against that because those people are very crucial to helping corporations succeed and all that kind of stuff and um, stability. But I think for me, it's more on like a value scale. Like my, I am trying to understand the importance of like time, especially nowadays where I don't have to like pay for rent or food or anything like that. And I don't have to live alone, but more in terms of like, Hey, I have like 24 hours in a day. Um, I don't really want to spend all this time working towards or contributing value to something that isn't going to be with me if I leave this job. Um, and so unless I'm like learning something very, very valuable or something like that, like I wouldn't really, I don't really find too much, not necessarily sense, but I don't really want to work or spend so much time every single day um, just for like a paycheck, I guess, um, even though those are very important. And so like, I think that kind of comes out in, I had, I, I have to be very careful because I did sign an NDA for this, but um, I had been in a, I had been in a contract project, um, a software contracting project, like end of last year. Uh, basically I was consulting for this, uh, this, uh, or yeah, I was, I was consulting for this consulting company and they were working with a uh, psychiatric center to basically build software for their team and then also their patients, um, just like video conferencing things. And so I was the one in charge and I was on a contract basis. And that, that contract was like four months long, four or five months long. And uh, the amount of money I was getting paid was like, not like the biggest amount, but it was actually pretty, like pretty, yeah, actually it was pretty big. And so I was like, oh yeah, like when I was when I was signing it, I was like, oh yeah, this is this is great. Like I, I like I'm gonna do this, and then it's gonna give me professional experience and all that kind of stuff. And I know that working through that project was just like horrible. It was um like it it wasn't actually well. The software itself was pretty complex because you really had to build a version of Google Meet, but like with extra stuff. And so and you had to build it from scratch because the reason why they didn't want to use like they can't use these other third-party software. So you can't use any pre-built software for this. So that's built all from scratch. And so I think the hardest part was not necessarily actually building the application, but it was just like feeling like I'm spending so much time. And this is something that because of the contract, I can't necessarily put on my portfolio. I can't be like, oh yeah, look what I build. And even though it is something that I would build and then it would impact the people who are using it, it didn't feel like mine right? It felt like I was doing it for someone else. And so I think that really, like I had experienced that before, like, I don't know why I'm doing all of this for someone else, but like, this was like a really good realization for me that I don't really like doing that. And so, yeah, it's doing something, something like, it doesn't have to be entrepreneurial, but something that what I'm doing not necessarily belongs to me, but something that I have my name over. And I think like I have ownership that can impact those people. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I get what you're saying. I think even back to like middle school, I always thought that I would never want to work for someone else. And yeah, but I think the experience is kind of important 
And yeah, as you said, the paycheck is like pretty important. Like we kind of have to learn how to make a living, but also like have a passion and learn how to combine it. So it's great that you got through all those experiences just to learn a little bit more about what you love, what you don't like to do and all of that. So how would you want people to remember you after you're gone? Or what kind of legacy would you want to leave behind, if any? I think I want to be known as someone who was very, very faithful, someone who's very passionate, someone who like went after a lot of things. Um, but like not, uh, not just like thought ambitiously, just like did ambitious things um, and like succeeded at it, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it'd be like a bit much to say like I want to be like a role because I don't really have anyone who I would be like I want to be a role model for them. Um, I mean, I guess, guess those three things. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, one more question before the speed round. It's kind of specific, but like when things get hard for you, like you've been working really hard on a project and you can't really find your why at the moment. Like, what pushes you to keep going? Like, in those hard moments, like, what do you think about that drives you to, like, continue working? Mm -hmm. I had <laughs> I had this moment, like, two weeks ago, uh, or one week ago with Howard. Um, the context was that, uh, like, for the for three weeks straight, up on late, until that, or two weeks straight, there was just issue after issue. Like, I wasn't able to spend a single minute building, like, a new feature. I was just fixing bugs, apologizing to users dealing with maintenance issues and it was really, really stressful. And so I think for anything, there's there has to be a balance between push and pull in terms of that's how something that pushes you towards what you want to do. Um, for me, it's like being able to build things and them liking it and them using it. But the but there has to be like a pull, like a pull of like if I don't do this, this is going to be bad or like something that like, oh, I'll, I'll regret this if I don't do it. Like mm -hmm. it's a, it sounds a little bit unhealthy, but it is kind of that thing that it, during the pushes when you need, you need both. So like for me, I really needed the, the pull because when at that time I was like, oh my God, like what's the point of doing this? Like I'm like the push seemed like the push that I had seemed like irrelevant now it was like okay well why would I want to build things for these people and they would like it if I'm not happy with it um right because I wasn't very happy at that moment obviously um but the poll was kind of like I know that if I stop working on this it I'm gonna like regret it for a long time because good ideas and good concepts that are taken well don't just fly out of the sky I'm I was very lucky to have uh ours as an idea and for it to come to me at a time where I could actually turn it into a reality. Um, and so that was the poll that kind of didn't necessarily like get me motivated back to work, but kept me in the project and kept me waiting until things got better. Um, so having that pull of like, you know, this is like, you don't always have ideas like this and you don't always have chances like this. So you can't just like, you can't just give it up because it's like tough. Um, but it did give me like a newfound respect of like, what is like super, super important, I guess, super important in um, everything, I guess, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so it's like having that, that push and pull and it's not something that you can be like, oh yeah, what is it? Like you have to kind of figure it out on your own. Yeah, that was a great answer. I think part of it is like this continuous strive, like aspirations to do something bigger, but also it's about kind of the consequences. I think that's kind of important too. So like uh, both positive and negative drivers. 
Now we're going to end with a speed round. So each answer could be a few words to a sentence long. Um, are you ready? Okay. Yes. Perfect. What is one thing about you that you wish others knew that they may not currently know? I think that what I do uh, on like a day to day or like what it takes me to work on things like hours and other things that I have, it's not easy. I mean, I don't think anyone thinks it's like easy, but, um, you know, I talk with a lot of people and none of them are technical just because it's, it's hard to find technical people around this age. Um, they're all kind of like, they're either CEO or they have like an ex their executive director of nonprofit. So they're not necessarily technical. They're mostly like leadership kind of people, even though they know that what I do is not easy. It's just like, okay, this is a really long response. Just what I do takes a lot of time and effort um, and not necessarily so much of like natural smartness, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's good. What brings you the most happiness or fulfillment? Seeing nice feedback and messages from my users. What are three words you would use to describe yourself? I would say hardworking, passionate, and I don't know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty goofy. I think people like, people are like, wow, you're so intimidating. I'm like, if you call with me, I'm not at all. Like, I make jokes at everything. Nice. Yeah. What is your all time favorite book and why? Yeah, I'm, I'm biased, but great. Uh, I can say a little more about it. If yeah, you go want. ahead. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm currently reading it. Uh, it's a book called Grit and it's basically these, it's, how do I describe it? It's basically breaking down literally the science of hard work. So what they do is they have this, this scale called a grit scale that you ask specific questions to, to get like a score from one to 10. And obviously it's not like super accurate, but basically what the author did, she's like super, super accomplished, um, she basically went around to all of these different scenarios where people excel and they're very successful and um, oh you have to work hard and they basically said like okay well we're, we're going to study like how does the hard work um, or the grit um, because grit is so much more than hard work it's like a bunch of factors um, how how do different people in different situations have different grit levels like they went to the the marines and be like okay well what's the probability that you're going to succeed based on either a grit scale or like a physical test scale or like a mental scale um, and then they compare that with like okay well what about the grit in salespeople because there's a lot of rejection there um, and so it's a really really great book just explaining about like not necessarily how you can become more gritty because like that's something you have to do on your own um or you have to they give you guidelines for that but mainly like why is it important to work hard and have that grit yeah that's a great explanation if a genie could grant you one wish what would you wish for probably that ours would become successful <laughs> uh nice, yeah. i don't know everyone think like some people think that i have it figured out like i'm still so confused how ours is going to turn out so yeah, probably that because it's something I still am still am anxious about uh, every day. No, you got this. Uh, I see a lot of potential in it. Is there a quote or a saying that you build your life philosophy off of or really resonates with you? I have like a bunch of Bible verses that I go by, but I'll try and look for a real, like I'll try and look for a quote. Okay. It's, it's, it's actually kind of long. Um, no, that, yeah, that's I good. Have, I have it right here. I, I'm going to read it off. Okay. So this is by a guy named James Missioner. <laughs> I feel kind of bad. I don't know who that is. But uh, 
it's basically the master in the art of living makes little distinction between his work and his play, his labor and his leisure, his mind and his body, his information and his recreation, his love and his religion. He hardly knows which is which. He simply pursues his vision of excellence at whatever he does, leaving others to decide whether he is working or playing. To him, he's always doing both. Oh, I think I've heard of that before. Yeah, that's really deep. Yeah. Um, and if you don't mind me asking, what were some of the Bible verses that you like really resonate with? Two of my favorites are okay, one of them. So I think one of my one of the ones I really like, this is like a really simple one. It's uh, Philippians 4.13. It's just really simple. It's uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I think that was that was really helpful back when I was a little bit younger. Um, and one of my favorites nowadays is Colossians 3.17. Uh, chapter 3, verse 17, uh, basically talking about all the things that we do should be done through through Christ, because I think that's like, that's what gives like a, the most meaning. Um, so it gives like a good, it gives like a good baseline of like, okay, if you're not like, what are you really doing a lot of these things for? Because, you know, it's the difference between doing things that will end at the end of this lifetime. But if you're doing it for Christ, it will echo in eternity. And so it's really about having that distinction of what is most important in that distinction so those are my those are my two favorite verses and there's a couple other ones but those are my two yeah thank you so much for sharing um and that is the end of our episode so thank you so much calix for joining me today i had so much fun talking to you yeah yeah of course it was really nice to be here yeah awesome Thank you guys so much for listening to our second episode in the Blue Hearts podcast. I had a ton of fun talking to Calix. I learned a lot and I hope you guys did as well. Um, you guys can follow us on Instagram at Blue Hearts Pod and I will catch you guys in our next episode. Bye everyone.